We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Week 12 post-Thanksgiving edition of the Pro Football Focus Show here on Roto-Grinders. I am Britt Devine, uh, currently about 10 pounds heavier than I was at, well, actually, this is about when I was putting on the 10 pounds yesterday. Then let's say 48 hours ago, Ian, what's the what's the weight gain for Mr. Harditz? I don't know, man. I go down during the season because I just kind of forget to eat and missed uh, all the other bullshit going on. But uh, afterwards, you know, that's when the pounds start going on. So probably up five, you know, but as long as it's, uh, you know, continuing to be in the general range, I'm not too worried about it, man. But unfortunately, I have a bunch of injuries to go through on today's show. But you know what, Britt? Where there are injuries, there are opportunity in DFS landed. As much as, you know, last week especially, sometimes, you know, you can look at these slates and not know which way to really go with it. But guess what? That's how everyone one's feeling a lot of these times so excited to get after it yeah it's uh, gonna be a pretty fun uh week in dfs we've got a lot of running back value and people will just play those guys so doing a little different we'll talk about that when yep. we get to the dfs part uh doing something different there in terms of maybe paying up or using not one of the value guys thrust into the starting role can really differentiate you uh but anyway let's jump right into this now ian's article ian has been working hard it did not get up on pro football focus but he was nice enough to tweet this out uh, we've got the tweet thread for you, uh, and our producer, I put it up on the screen here. I don't know if you can get up. Yep, here we go. Boom. It is up for everybody to see. Uh, we started off every week with the uh, explosive play rate. Uh, we've got it on a Twitter.com. Elon, Elon's doing a pretty good job on Twitter. We'll have to see if it uh, <laughs> hasn't, hasn't gone away. So thankfully, these are not out in the ether yet for you, Ian. Uh, let's talk about some offenses that might be able to have some explosive plays, maybe some offenses. Uh, might not be able to get some chunk yards this week. 
Yeah, please, uh, please keep it going, Elon. You're gonna make some of us. What, else, look, what would look, we look. use if like Twitter just disappeared? It would be a mad scramble, right? Like we would have no idea what's going on in sports. Right, right, Britt. And a lot of us out there looking at a certain someone here, myself, uh, you know, m- maybe would even be impacting our future, uh, you know, employment popularity out there. So please uh, keep on keeping on. But anyway, all that nonsense aside, looking at explosive pass play rates and run play. Again, if you guys haven't seen these charts before, blue is good, red is bad. Green used to be good and red was bad, but I found out that was not so good for the colorblind folks among us. So working with that, And yeah, just higher numbers are generally going to be good throughout most of these charts. And whole goal is just, again, whenever we talk about a mismatch, we always end up going back to the same old offense ranks this, defense ranks this. And I've just combined these metrics to help give us a one-way street instead of those constant two-way going back and forth. So with all that said, passing game set up well to create some explosive plays. We have the Dolphins and the Titans as the big two from the main slate. It took a while, man, from this Tennessee offense. I think it was like weeks four or five through nine where they didn't even clear 140 passing yards in a game. It was Tannehill getting banged up and Traylon Burks and these receivers either not being banged up or not exactly rising to, to the occasion early in the season, but over 550 combined passing yards for this offense over the past two weeks. Again, not crazy Brit, but I think we can finally start to look at guys like Traylon Burks, maybe even an Austin Hooper out there as providing some passing upside against a Bengals secondary that, you know, didn't exactly get the boom. I was hoping for out of Deontay Johnson last week but I think we saw with George Pickens and even Kenny Pickett out there I mean that was the first game all season Pittsburgh managed to put up more than 23 points so I still maintain that this Bengals secondary a little bit overrated and I do think there are some quality bring back options for the Titans on the other side of things the Bears and the Rams are standing out as the worst offenses I thought we could maybe at least get behind Tyler Higby but now he's actually coming out and going to be questionable coming into this one with the knee injury so probably the answer to anyone from Los Angeles just gonna be no um, also want to take a look at the Browns, Jaguars, Chargers, and Saints also not being in that great of a position. And shout out to our friend over at Roto Grinders, Roto Grinders, Kevin Roth, for his continuous uh, weather updates. And really, that Tampa and Cleveland game is the only one of the week that isn't going to be in that orange setting. So as much as uh, you know, neutral field Amari Cooper and home field Amari Cooper, we can always <laughs> get behind uh, that version of the dude. I do think with sustained winds around 20 miles per hour, gusts up to 30, and a good chance of rain. Really, with Tampa and Cleveland, be careful about trusting anyone in those passing games because it sounds like those conditions are going to be the worst of the week. Yeah, I know uh, Monkey Knife Fight had they didn't I hadn't adjusted yet for the weather for that game yet, so I had some unders on there. I don't know if it's still there, but if you guys want to check that out, uh, please feel free to to go over there and check out that uh, at least from a prop perspective. Uh, all right, let's look at pace. Uh, you know, we had the Buffalo game that was coming in blue. We've got the Arizona game. I like that for a couple of my props. Uh, I'm going to be talking about in just a little bit here. Uh, the Washington game looks pretty slow. The Bengals game looks pretty slow. I'm on, uh, from a prize picks perspective, uh, Joe Burrow was at 270 passing yards. I don't know if it's adjusted and the sports book have come out yet. But the Titans are allowing 285 yards per game passing. Not to Joe Burrow, just to everybody they face here. So I like that 270. If that's still up on prize picks, you can go get that. Uh, but what are we looking at here in terms of pace? How do you see that playing out? Yes, good point with Burrow, especially with Joe Mixon here being ruled out. With the yeah. concussion injury and Samaj Piran, we saw last week he's fine, but I just I don't think Zach Taylor is going to have the same will and need to run the ball as much when he's down to his backup running back. God forbid we get Jamar Chase coming out too and playing through that questionable tag with the hip injury could be all wheels up for Burrow and company. So yeah, just one of the things you know if we are seeing you know more of a bright red matchup like the Falcons and Washington, it's not like you need to stay away from it, but I would you know 
think twice about maybe game stacking it to a big time degree. That said, though, in Washington, Antonio Gibson, Brian Robinson, okay, they're doing their thing on the ground. But Terry McLaurin, man, just back-to-back really good spots here. I know he didn't quite get it going against the Texans last week, but honestly, focused all their defensive coverage on him, and he still popped as one of the top five leaders in unrealized air yards. So he was open downfield more than a few times. Unfortunately, you do get the bad side of the Taylor Haneke experience on occasion. But this Falcons defense, second most PPR points per game allowed to opposing wide receivers. And like AJ Terrell just got back last week. He missed a good two or three games out there. Still leads the NFL in most receiving touchdowns given up with seven. So Terry McLaurin, he's been shadowed six or seven times all season. And every single time he's had over 75 receiving yards. So if he's going to get that one-on-one matchup against Terrell, great. I think he can win it. Because again, we've already seen him beat Jair Alexander, Stephon Gilmore, much better cornerbacks like a drum this season. So now for still getting a maybe slightly banged up version of a guy that's been struggling a lot when matched up against opposing number ones. I do think Terry McLaurin here could be the guy to target in this matchup. Where's the Terry McLaurin pop? I'm uh, prop. I'm looking at the sheet. That should be on there. I'm going to have to have to go get me some of that. Yes, sir. Uh, or, or, or add that in. Make sure to, to check out Terry McLaurin. Uh, all right, let's go to pressure. What are some quarterbacks that could be facing some pressure this week? What are some quarterbacks? Uh, that might have some clean pocket. It looks like this new uh, San Francisco Death Star offense looks like it's pretty nice for Mr. Jimmy Garoppolo. It is going great for Mr. Jimmy. And, you know, with that quarterback pricing, uh, if you don't want to go all the way up to a Mahomes or even Justin Herbert, I do think guys like Jimmy and also like Trevor Lawrence, who's popping a bit here, are set up pretty well. I mean, the thing with Baltimore, I think their defense is good. But, man, you just look at some of these matchups in their four-game win streak. And the bigger thing for me has been the offense, not exactly performing up to expectations. So I do like the potential for Jacksonville to maybe surprise some people this week. More on that in just a bit. But, yeah, the 49ers Death Star, as you put it, the Saints might be in a slightly better position than usual. I saw Marshawn Lattimore got back to practice, and we'll find out later this afternoon if he is, in fact, going to be healthy enough to suit up out there. But just in general in this game, man, 49ers looking like, if not the best team in the NFC, one of them, and with Andy Dalton and Taysom Hill. Like, the fact that we got the extra report this week saying, like, oh, Taysom Hill is someone that they want to expand that package and use even more. Like, Dalton just played one of his best games of the season last week. You know, three touchdowns made a number of great throws out there. So I fully understand we've seen Dalton play well, and that usually is followed by a game by him, you know, regressing to the mean a bit there in terms of what we can expect from the Red Rocket. But in this matchup, man, I just think it's really going to be tough for pretty much anyone on the Saints side of the ball to get overly going. But in terms of some quarterbacks that should also really be feeling the heat, Ryan Tannehill, Justin Fields, and Bryce Perkins, probably for the Rams, but McVay won't even tell us who's going to be under center there as well. So unfortunate, but yeah, another thing where no one I think is particularly uh, screwed to the point where we need to fade the entire passing game but definitely some spots to adjust your expectations all right let's go to yards before contact for running backs there are uh, at least from the dfs streets quite a bit of running back value Uh, props are going to be interesting to see where some of these lines fall once we get uh, all you know official players in players out Uh, what's looking good right so it looks like samaj p ran i hope this is like addition by subtraction for the Bengals passing game because p ran if you if there's rational coaching and expecting Zach Taylor for rational coaching is always very questionable. They shouldn't be running this ball at all against Tennessee. They should be throwing nearly every play here. How do you see him faring? It looks like at least from this particular uh, stat, it's not very good. Uh, any of these 
other running backs that are going to be jumping into full-time roles this week looking good or bad? It's not good, but hey, we'll take targets over rush attempts. So to your point, I do hope that they're going to take note of this and take note of the fact that they haven't been a good rushing team all season long. Like, yeah, it's easy to look at Joe, Joe Mixon now and just be like, oh man, look, we lost this locked in RB1. People weren't exactly saying that nice of things about Joe Mixon before he popped off for five touchdowns a couple weeks ago, Britt. So good to see him get back there. And hey, Samaje caught three touchdowns last week, but this has been a bad run offense all season long. And they're facing a Titans run defense that, you know, week one, all the way back then they got flamed by Saquon Barkley and kind of gave us a false impression because since then I mean only two teams in the NFL are allowing less than one yard before contact per carry it's the Titans and Bills they're under 0.6 so it's been literally the Titans and the Bills shutting down everybody out there on the ground and then it's been a tear gap all the way up to you know the other good run defenses in the league so P Ryan I mean you look at him Rashad White Antonio Gibson all these guys you know stuck in the mud around here in that 5k range and I do wonder if just an easy way of you know differentiating your lineup this week in tournaments is going to be getting up out of that 5k range just a little bit higher i'm sure some people will still be liking kenneth walker maybe to a slightly lesser extent josh jacobs but seeing travis etm popping for this jacksonville jaguars run game that's been one of the best in the league makes a lot of sense to me san francisco with christian mccaffrey i mean it's one of those things where again rags to riches lineup approach might be the best way since there is so much affordable value in that five to six k range so my big takeaways from here are that paying up for guys like travis etn and even a Christian McCaffrey, who it's just one of those things, uh, Britt, where if the guy doesn't finish as the overall RB1 every single week, people are going to be disappointed about it. The fact that he's had as much pass game work as he has had has me optimistic down the stretch run that we will see some more of those top three performances moving forward. Uh, all right, going to combine yards for drop back. Miami always looking good here. What, what do you think is going to happen, right? We're going to have Jeff Wilson season. He's going to be in there playing just about every down. Do we need to pay up for a, a Tyreek Hill or even a Waddle or do the two with double stacks? Those have worked quite a few times this year. In theory, right, it looks pretty good. Are they even going to need this uh, against uh, Houston playing Kyle Allen this week? Look, I'm locking Jeff Wilson into cash game lineups. I think that's very reasonable. He already was, I mean, the lead clear defending the back. I mean, when I wrote my running back article on Tuesday, I was saying he needs to be in the fit. Like, he better have a damn good reason, I think, for my exact words, to put him anywhere near uh, that bench, just with how good the matchup is, league-worst defense and PPR points per game, allowed to opposing running backs, and the fact that he already took over the backfield before the bye. So now that sounds like most of just probably not even going to be out there for this one. Obviously, lock him in. But what do we always say? Brit in tournaments easy way to get contrarian is just just do the opposite of where the chalk is so anytime we can get to a Tyreek and Waddle potentially under owned and still a manageable matchup I do think we need to exploit that so I still have some questions on exactly how amazing this Dolphins passing game is because you look at a lot of numbers and it tells you that they are the single best passing offense in the league and they have looked like that recently they looked at that recently, though, against the Browns, the Bears, and the Lions. And guess what? The Texans aren't exactly another defense that's going to push them to their extreme. So this week, you know, again, to uh, Tyreek Waddle, those double stacks, that's going to be one of my primary strategies in tournaments next week when they have to go into San Francisco. Going to be much more interesting. Also have the Seahawks popping as the second best group of the weekend. I think similar sentiment there, Britt, when we have Kenneth Walker popping as one of the likely higher owned backs of the week going to that passing game should provide some nice, uh, you know, just 
roster ship uh, contrarianism there in tournaments, but I will say in Seattle, good chance for rain and light winds. Kevin currently has that as a yellow uh, weather alert. So keep a little bit of an eye on that matchup, but Raiders Seahawks, I don't think we're going to be seeing a ton of defense played and awfully easy to bring back with someone like a Devonte Adams there in Vegas. Yeah, I love uh, Devontae Adams is playing lights out. He's the only – you know, him. it's him and Josh Jacobs. That's what the entire uh, yep. Raiders offense is. And the defense is bad enough to keep those guys going all game long. Love it. Uh, all right, EPA per play. What's standing out this week? Any big mismatches? Um, scrolling through. Hmm, looks yeah, about we, right. We don't, have, uh, we don't have any actual – relative offensive advantages yeah. that are dogs this week so pretty much spot on this week with what you would expect the top three you know mismatches overall chiefs over the rams um the excuse me dolphins over the texans and what was the third and the Bengals over the titans so Bengals over titans is uh, interesting to see that one as pronounced as it is i wouldn't be shocked if look if burrow in that passing game can get going which we are kind of expecting them to do i do struggle to see tennessee being able to keep up so i think if it's going to be a little bit lower scoring game then okay that'll be an instance where maybe tennessee can go ahead and you know keep playing their winning football style of things but man don't really see burrow taking nine sacks so this time around even when he did last year uh still wasn't enough to go get the win a uh, final note would just be the chargers and the cardinals actually popping as very similar in this one as are the ravens and the jaguars so i know the chargers and the ravens really getting the benefit of the doubt in these road matchups just realize we have seen enough good football from the jaguars and cardinals that if that line gets too high for the road team i do think sprinkling a little bit on the home dog could make some sense yeah, Arizona uh, League MVP Greg Dortch not at practice on Friday. Neither is Rondell oh. Moore. Marquise Hollywood, uh, he's catching some passes out there, it looks like, from a beat reporter. We'll have to see if he gets activated. Hopkins but, uh, about to get 30 targets. Hey, uh, maybe in the prop section you'll hear some Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> uh, so that will do it for uh, Ian's article. Uh, it's not up on PFF yet, uh, but you'll be soon. able to read that soon. soon. Uh, you can always read through his Twitter, Twitter thread. And then if you want to get access to not only this article Ian does, but all the other ones he does, along with everybody else. Didn't I see, isn't there like a Black Friday something running around out there, Ian, for if anyone wants to get a PFF sub? I think I that, saw that out that, there on that Twitter. Is an awesome note, Britt, as I'm pulling it up to echo those uh, <laughs> I great thoughts right now. But yes, yeah, we have a 35% off PFF subscription deal. Use code PFF35 at checkout. Again, it's one of these things, guys, where 35% off a PFF sub, if it's fantasy, gambling, if you just think the stats are cool, like, you know, it's not like I, not, I love Chipotle. I would never go out there and just dismiss my Friday Chipotle, uh, not sponsorship, but just the money I give them every week. But you know what? I give that to a cash register and I get a burrito, but then it's gone. We give you the subscription to hopefully go make you more money. Again, the goal here is to give us just a little bit so you can make a lot more. And again, with fantasy, gambling, and just overall stats, I mean, just go ahead and keep making bets with your friends about these wild stats so you can go clarify and make sure are right over at pff.com. So PFF35 at checkout, 35% off the PFF Plus subscription. Appreciate the shout out there, Britt. If you got 35% off at Moe's, would you switch from Chipotle to Moe's? I don't even know what Moe's is, to be honest with you. You don't know what a Moe's is? Wow, that, it's the same thing. They give you free chips and salsa, and the burritos, are, the burritos aren't as good, but you get the free chips and salsa. So it's that, like a, That's a game changer. That's a game a changer. Give, it's a give and take. I'm surprised you don't know what Moe's <laughs> is. Um, all right, uh, that's going to do it for this part of the section. Let's jump into uh, – we'll do our spread picks first here. So the spread picks started off hot on the season, and now um, I'm giving some of it back. I'm 9 10 and with three ties so slightly below water the props for me this year on the show are 19 and 7 so that's where the money has been made in terms of the props um so i don't know if i'm reaching 
But th- this is like a strange one. I, Ian, I wanted to find a way to get the Chiefs, 49ers, and Dolphins all on the same ticket, right? And you can't get it on like if you do a money line, the juice is crazy. Um, if you, you know, any other way to do it other than this, I found. So what I did, this is on FanDuel because I was trying to find on DraftKings or some competing sites. You have to get a nine-point teaser on FanDuel. So if you get a nine-point teaser, it drops the Chiefs under a touchdown, the Dolphins under a touchdown, and the 49ers basically have to win the game. I don't know. I like that bet quite a bit. I uh, I, I put some real American dollars on that. I think it came out to minus 110 or minus 115 on FanDuel. So that's one that I like this week. Um, I've already mentioned the 49ers uh, Death Star offense. They're minus eight yeah. and a half. I think – this is, I don't think the Saints are very good, right? Andy Dalton, not a good quarterback. They're not getting Alvin Kamara the football. They're they're playing Taysom Hill. I don't know, maybe they're playing Taysom Hill to write him out, or maybe even not enough, in my opinion. Uh, but I, I just think San Francisco, they're too good on defense. Their offense is absolutely phenomenal. This Christian McCaffrey addition has, has just completely opened up the things that Jimmy Garoppolo is able to do and made them nearly impossible to stop. Uh, absolutely love them, minus eight and a half if you're looking for a spread. And then the other one I'm on is the Colts minus two and a half. It's basically, I just think the Steelers aren't good. And the Colts have some actual NFL talent. You know, Matt Ryan's back in there. Jonathan Taylor's good. They were able to uh, almost come out with a victory against the Eagles. And if they're only getting two and a half at home against the Steelers, this seems just a little bit off. And I know the Steelers played good against the Bengals, but maybe that was more of that uh, overrated Bengals defense you were talking about. I think the Colts defense uh, – can hang pretty good here. And I think getting this under a field goal is just a little bit too good. So those are my three bets. The nine-point teaser getting a little tricky on that. Chiefs, 49ers, Dolphins. Uh, I like the 49ers straight up at minus eight and a half. And then I like the Colts at minus two and a half. Those are the three. I'm looking for a three and a week, Ian. Got to put some W's uh, in front of those L's, at least from the spreads. The props will be coming up. What are you looking at for spreads this week? I clawed my way back over 500 finally here. Just got to keep making enough of them, Britain. Hopefully yeah. I start. To <laughs> yeah. away, I'll, I'll have 15 next week. <laughs> I, I do like the uh, 49ers call. I mean, you look at that, and it's more so just because of the defense. Like, we kind of expected Jimmy G and this group of weapons to get going eventually, and they really have. But this defense, man, all season, the Chiefs went for 44 points. The Falcons went for 28, but even then they didn't have over 300 yards. I think there was a defensive touchdown in there. Otherwise, they have not allowed 20 points even one time all season so it's a, it's a spread man where i think you could argue that the 49ers should be being treated more so like the rams i'm sorry or more, more so like the chiefs or like the dolphins in those games so like that call by you my three spread picks this week i got the jaguars plus three and a half against the ravens again they're at home they're coming off a bye they're against this ravens offense that has still been eking out wins but it's been a while since they've looked anything near potent for it i mean they have been averaging just 21.3 points per game in weeks four through 11 they went for 24, 38, and 37 in their first three weeks. Lamar Jackson, like I know we're talking spreads here, but Lamar hasn't finished better than the fantasy QB 10 since week three. It's been a grind for this group. And again, they've managed to kind of get it done. But last week, they had no business being stuck in that 3-3 game against the Panthers through 50 freaking minutes of football out there. So against the Jaguars team that, yeah, Trevor Lawrence has been a little bit up and down, but really played two of his four best games, I would say, right before that bye. I'm hoping they keep it going out here and just 
three and a half points for me. If it was, you know, under three, then okay, that may be a little more reasonable. But struggling offense, defense that I still don't think is all that capable of slowing down really good offenses. And Jacksonville, when they have been at their best, have been a really good offense. I'll also be taking the Broncos minus one. It's gross, but man, like we... The bar is so low for this Denver team. I, I know, like, what, if they scored 18 or 19 points. There's no every- Melvin Gordon fumbles coming, so this is this is no stupid turnovers. No Melvin Gordon fumbles, and this is just like a, really, Russell Wilson is a one-point favorite over Sam Darnold, and honestly, take Russ out of it, because he probably hasn't even earned that benefit of the doubt. Sam Darnold is only a one-point dog against anyone's idea of a top three defense in the NFL, so that's my big thing here. Like, maybe Darnold comes out and plays one of the best games out there, but man, we have seen more than enough evidence from him in New York and in Carolina last year to know he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. So could he maybe be an upgrade over the bad versions of Baker, even PJ Walker? I guess, man, but we don't even know if he's fully healthy. We don't know what version of Darnold we're going to get. We do know Patrick Sertan, this Broncos defense continues to be one of the best groups in the league. Devontae Adams not making a couple big plays, you know, notwithstanding there. So Broncos minus one. And the final note, I think you mentioned before, you got some of these unders as well before the weather uh, issue popped up. But Buccaneers and Cleveland still just at 42 and a half. I will take the under on that game total. Again, worst weather matchup of the week. And I don't even know that these teams are built all that well to take advantage of the poorest weather i know nick chubbs had some great games but they really couldn't get anything going on the ground against buffalo who has a great run defense and everything but the buccaneers in their front seven also the strength of that football team as well so jacoby Brissett has been playing you know some much better football than i thought he would this season but again with the weather not expecting much from either pass game and then the buccaneers run game man like okay they finally got going to munich but that was the first game since week one that they even had over 100 combined team rushing yards so this whole idea about Fournette maybe being out and bringing up Rashad White and stuff like, okay, I agree that the eye test has favored Rashad White this season, but this is not this Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard situation where it's like clear cut. Oh my gosh. Coaching malpractice for not getting this rookie out there on the field. On the season, yards per carry, Rashad White's at 3.7. Leonard Fournette's at 3.4. Yards after contact, they're tied. Yards per outrun, Fournette's been the more efficient receiver compared to two this season. So I don't think it's a given at all that you can just throw Rashad White out there. And again, one of the worst run games in the NFL is all of a sudden going to be moving the ball against Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, and that front seven for the Browns. So situation where I think both teams would be better off taking advantage of the opposing secondaries and Mother Nature probably not going to be allowing that. So giving the Jaguars plus three and a half, the Broncos minus one, and Tampa Bay, Cleveland under 42 and a half. Bet all those. Uh, I, I just put in bets on all those as you were talking. I, I also have, I think I have the under on the – uh, Jaguars Ravens game because I, I don't know I don't think I don't know what's wrong with Lamar he, he has not been Lamar Jackson since the start of the season so uh, I got the under on that one too if you're looking for an extra one but that is not an official bet for the show uh, what is official are these props uh, so I I was hoping I got the news so I bet these early this morning one the the sports books they didn't put any lines out basically until this morning I've been I've been trying to get props in all week long they waited till Friday. They were all having a good time partying uh, at the DraftKings office, FanDuel offices, whatever. Uh, but I was, I'm looking to get ahead of the adjustments from the Arizona news. So I've got two Cardinals props. The first one is uh, DeAndre Hopkins over six and a half receptions. Uh, he's over in four or five. And the, it's not like going for like six, seven receptions. This is like 10, 11 receptions he's going for. I don't understand why this is just minus 122 on FanDuel. Uh, I think points bet 
I got this too earlier. They had an over seven and a half at plus 145. I took that as well. There's just no one else to throw the ball to. He's not going to have the safety of Dorch and Rondell Moore that have been pretty pivotal to the horizontal raid offense that uh, Kingsbury's running. Kingsbury's definitely going to get fired, I think, at the end of the season. Uh, this team is extremely underperforming. Uh, but anyway, uh, there's just no one else to catch the ball. Hollywood Brown, I haven't seen any news on him. He wasn't practiced today. They have to activate him. I don't know, though, because they have a bye next week. And so uh, maybe, I, I mean, the NFL guys, they want to play, right? So if he is if he's able to play, they need him. But without having Dorch and more in there, maybe they're going to have to put even DeAndre Hopkins in the slot a little bit more, which will be really good for him to get his receptions. Uh, absolutely love this. Over six and a half, over seven and a half it comes up to. If you can find like same game parlays or alt lines and you're able to run it up even more, go go up to 10. I think he's going to have an absolutely monster game. Uh, and my other prop from the same game is James Conner over 16 and a half receiving yards. Uh, the dude doesn't leave the field if the game's close anymore. And so if you're able to get him uh, at this at 16 and a half, he's already done this in six of his eight games, right? So it makes no sense to me. This is at 16 and a half right now. He's going to play nearly every snap. Uh, and it's just, it's, I don't trust rational coaching from Cliff Kingsbury either. So like you would expect them to run James Conner 25 times in this game. One, if they do that, I don't know if actually James Conner is going to be able to make it through the game or have a good game running. I think they're going to lean on Kyler Murray. They're going to lean on the passing game. I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is smart enough to understand, hey, the Chargers give up a bajillion yards per carry. Let's try to run. I think they're still going to be able to pass. And as I, I'm not expecting a huge game from Conner, but the 16 and a half is just too low for an every snap player that's already gone over in six of eight. Uh, and now he's got this new role where he never comes off the field. Um, so I'm going in on the Cardinals. I went double Broncos last week. That felt bad, but it worked out good. Yeah. I'm going double Cardinals. This one feels better. So I'm hoping it also works out pretty good. Yeah. The, uh, the Gordon over receiving calls were uh, pretty sharp. He got that early on in that one. Oh, so yeah. good call on that one, Britt. I am taking here four different props, trying to get back to 500 on the season. I got Sam Darnold under 185.5 passing yards. You can get that minus 114 over at bet rivers. And he actually did clear that mark in seven of 12 games last season. But again, different team and they're not facing a Broncos defense that again is right up there at the top of the league with the Cowboys and 49ers so Broncos have allowed under that number in six of ten games a season I will be betting against the Sam Darnold experience has worked out pretty well in the past I also like Tyler Conklin anytime touchdown plus 425 I don't I don't see any of the Jets over unders right now I guess they're still figuring out Corey Davis they want to make sure that Mike where's White the Michael starting. Carter receptions where's that at that's what I was checking man so you know I am going to be in on on those because you look at it we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We've had about 53 quarterbacks, you know, eligible in the sample. And PFF were able to check, you know, what actually was the quarterback's decision. They throw their first read, second read. Did they check the football down? And only two quarterbacks have had a check down rate over 10% over these past two seasons. Mike White and Joe Flacco. Zach Wilson, meanwhile, one of the most checked down adverse quarterbacks out there. So I don't believe that Mike White or even Flacco are that much of a real life upgrade from Zach Wilson. Like, okay, I think the floor is a little bit higher, but at the same time, your ceiling's not going to be as high. Like, guess what? Most likely, none of these quarterbacks should be starting NFL quarterbacks, at least Mike White and Joe Flacco. We have a better idea that we're, of where they're going to throw the ball, and that is shortened to these running backs and tight ends. So Tyler Conklin, anytime touchdown, and again, plus 425 for someone that we've seen boom in multiple games this season. He remains their clear-cut number one lead receiving tight end, and and uh, you know, just any of you redraft fancy land people out there would really take a long look at Conklin on the waiver wire if you are a tight end needy team, because down the stretch, weeks 15 through 17 in the fantasy playoffs easiest schedule of any fantasy tight end out there final two notes antonio gibson over two and a half receptions just minus 109 over at bet rivers he's already cleared this in seven of his last eight games and that includes you know plenty of performances when jd mckissick was still out there he is still on injured reserve list with that neck injury so in terms of weather, just uh, it's in the green, so not really much of an issue. Small chance of rain over there in Washington. So, again, without J.D. McKissick, it's a two-running back backfield. Gibson honestly started to take over even the rush attempts for the first time all season uh, in last week's game. So, Gibson trending upwards in terms of his usage. He's been playing while well. he's out of the Ron Rivera doghouse over just two and a half receptions. Again, I'll be down to take his receiving yard mark over. Not afraid of this Falcons defense in the least. And finally, another passing yard under. It's going to be Andy Dalton again this juggernaut San Francisco defense 216 and a half over there at DraftKings so give me that under elite defense Dalton we've seen the ups okay he's had a few this year we've also seen plenty of the downs and you know I'm betting that we're going to see the the latter variable come into play against this 49ers defense and I don't know I, I think Jameis Winston gives his team the highest ceiling on offense but obviously under this new coaching staff they're leaning way towards more being conservative trying to help out the defense and I understand Jameis maybe isn't the best guy to do that so with that in mind I mean it wouldn't be shocking now I think Taysom Hill is the next man up a quarterback I don't think it's Jameis so if we go from Dalton to more Taysom like okay great now we have the guy on the field even less to potentially get these passing yards so I do think again one more redraft note here before we stick to more DFS throughout Taysom Hill, guys, if he's on that waiver wire, and I checked, ESPN still over 60% of leagues allegedly out there. I mean, we seem to be getting closer and closer to Taysom Hill having this ridiculous tight end eligibility where he's basically the starting quarterback here sooner rather than later. So if there's anyone out there that is just going to break the fantasy scoring system because of how wonky he's being used and everything, it's probably Taysom Hill. And I think we, the more we can take advantage of betting the unders on this passing attack, specifically with Dalton, uh, the better because it might not be much longer that we can do it all right uh that's gonna wrap it up for the prop section i see someone in the youtube if you are watching this uh by the way on youtube or watching it later uh please do click the like button uh we would greatly appreciate it they want to know uh deandre coleman wants to know is this fantasy now it is because we we talk a lot of different stuff on this show we go over uh, ian's article we do sports betting because that's becoming a lot more prevalent and i honestly i think i like sports betting i was hard, so hardcore into fantasy for the 10 years i like sports betting even more it's that's it's it's i like taking the house's money 
I mean, I'll take your money, Ian, and uh, head-to-head or whatever, <laughs> but it's more fun to just take DraftKings or FanDuel's money, right? We haven't so, had as many of those uh, <laughs> this year. Britt, last year, you were freaking slaughtering me on the head-to-heads. We've been agreeing this year, though, so there, there's worse things out there. Yeah, so let's get into fantasy. Let's talk uh, – we usually talk DraftKings more specifically. Uh, let's look at quarterback, and quarterback, at least from a cash game perspective – I don't know. Some weeks we have the stone cold locks, right? And I don't know if there is one this week. I think we don't Justin Fields again, the Jets defense has been playing pretty good. And I don't even know if Justin Fields is going to play. We're going to pay for him. No Mahomes, right? 15 and a half point favorite. Is he even going to need to push the pedal to the metal past halfway through the third quarter? Who knows? Right? So like, what are we going to do? You got Mahomes, you got Herbert, who's chucking the ball uh, to Keenan Allen, Eckler, I think he's Herbert's been playing really well, so I, I think he's in the mix. And it's against Arizona. You've got Tua, but you know they're what 14, 15 point favorites against Houston. Uh, if you want to go down in price, you got Joe Burrow, who I do like quite a bit against uh, at least from a betting perspective, prop wise, uh, to to throw for a bunch of yards. If I like that, I gotta like him as a quarterback at sixty seven hundred on DraftKings. Uh, Geno Smith looks pretty good. I don't know if there's anyone you actually must play this week. Where do you see it being? laid out at the at the quarterback position this is, this is the last spot i'm filling in I, I agree with you and i don't think that you need to necessarily pay up for all the reasons that you mentioned mahomes and Tua not going to have to keep their feet on the gas uh seemingly now i know to in order to take your foot off the gas you got to score a lot of points first so i'm not saying you know you need to stay away from those guys but then kyler and justin fields you, we, if we're paying up for them we're paying up for the rushing yards and we can't guarantee that either guy is healthy enough to provide us with that sort of floor at this point and lamar jackson we already talked about all the struggles he's been having lately so if i am going to pay up i like justin herbert and joe burrow obviously with burrow if chase does come back and we have things a little bit wonky in terms of knowing who the ball is going to be going to and also if we feel like playing p ryan and cash you know that's not going to be great so i think keenan allen just 6.1k like i already have him in my cash build regardless of if i'm going with justin herbert so if i am paying up i probably lean the most towards justin herbert just for the way that will work out best with the rest of the roster otherwise man go ahead and give me trevor lawrence down there at 5.5k i think in terms of raw projections you can make an argument that he deserves to be ranked higher than anyone up to probably geno smith and joe burrow out there you could say tom brady over trevor lawrence but again based on that weather in cleveland i would not be overly messing around with that tampa bay passing attack so trevor lawrence before the bye i thought he had maybe his most impressive performance of the season against that chiefs defense just made a number of awesome downfield throws didn't always get the most help from his receivers out there but low-key man christian kirk doing fantastic here ever since doug peterson said they got to keep him more involved they moved on to travis Etienne. he's emerged as one of the more explosive running backs in the league evan ingram zay jones marvin jones not world beaters out here but when those are not even you know being leaned on as your top two or three offensive weapons anyway i I think they're okay. So Trevor Lawrence, Christian Kirk continues to be underpriced as well. He's the guy I'm leaning to right now because as much as I can get behind, you know, paying up for Justin Herbert, Britt, there are guys at other positions I'd rather save that salary for. Yeah, from a tournament perspective, I think a couple guys I might be looking at. One, I think that uh, the price tag on Jimmy Garoppolo with, the you know, Kittle is viable again. And Ayuk's having big games. And Debo, these guys, like, skill position group across the, like, Debo, Ayuk, Kittle, CMC and Elijah, like that's, that's like the best in the league. It's gotta be right. Like there's, there's no team that can compete with that. So Garoppolo doesn't have to do too much. And I think they're going to be very efficient against the saints this week at 5,600. It's always tough to sort of pick the guy to match him with. Um, So I don't know if I double stack, probably you probably want to double stack and probably even run it back because you're going to need some, 
play back from New Orleans, but I think Garoppolo is interesting. I love Burrow. Uh, I, I expect Ace back. You've got Higgins. These guys are top 10 wide receivers in the league, each one of them with Chase being, you know, one of the best uh, possible. Justin Jefferson might be the best receiver in the league right now, but Chase is pretty close behind him. Uh, so Burrow's probably my favorite pick for a tournament. And then Jimmy G, if you're just looking for someone, no one's going to be like, yeah, Jimmy G, Jimmy G. But this offense is so efficient now that uh, we saw him last week. What do you have? Four passing touchdowns and not even a ton of yards. And if you get any playback from the Saints at all, uh, that could be a monster game for Jimmy Garoppolo. So that's sort of where I'm looking. Uh, I don't I don't know. I'm not playing Lamar Jackson. He's he's popping off. I'm looking at the blitz projections right in front of me from Derek Hardy. He's the highest projected quarterback. That's a no go for me. So I'm not I'm not gonna go there. Uh, what do you think of Lamar? And then do you have anyone else you're looking at for from a tournament? Again, the the stat continues to just amaze me, but he hasn't finished better in the QB 10 since week three. I'll say it again. Like we can't get behind Lamar with that. And I don't think it's all on him. I think it's they entered the season already with a group of pass catchers, wide receivers specifically, that we'd probably say was a consensus bottom five, bottom 10 group. Yeah, sure. Rashad Bateman had some upside, but you take him out of the picture and like we're unironically talking about like Demarcus Robinson and Devin Duvernay, who, yeah, they've had some good games throughout this year. But, you know, there was a play last week, Britt. I'm, you know, marking all my sheeshes as I'm watching the game. Like Patrick Ricard, their freaking 300 plus pound fullback is running a wheel route out there and Lamar's overthrowing it. And it's like, I, I really wish that we weren't overthrow. I wish Patrick Ricard wasn't being put in this position to make a downfield reception, but that's a sad state of this offense. So maybe some Mark Andrews, but in terms of building around Lamar, not going to be me this week. So I do like the Tua, Tyreek, and Waddle just double stack once again in tournaments because of how much people are going to be on Jeff Wilson. And I know that every time there's a primetime island game or whatever, we need to overreact and freak out with that. But the whole Justin Jefferson, like how quickly we forget him getting clamped up by Trayvon Diggs. Tyreek Hill, in my opinion, is still the easy offensive player of the year. He has been the best and most unstoppable wide receiver in the game all season long. So yeah, Justin Jefferson, probably number two, probably number three. But let's not not completely be prisoners of every single 60 minutes of football we see everybody final point would be in Seattle, I do think, again, just trying to do our usual kind of tournament strategy. Look at who the chalky running backs are. It does seem like Kenneth Walker is going to be one of those guys. So moving on over to potentially to a Geno Smith, DK Metcalf, or a Geno Tyler Lockett stack could make some sense. Uh, all right, let's go over to the running back position for cash. We mentioned uh, all this value popping up in the middle. So let's break it down as quickly as we can. Which are the value players we want to play? So you've got Kenneth Walker. You've got uh, Samaje P. Ryan. You've got Jeff Wilson. You've got uh, who, Latavius Murray, right? So we can not We can only play three. Yeah. Who's who's the odd man out? Who's maybe who, – who are the top two? Who are the – like maybe let's rank these value plays. Maybe we can even take Kenneth Walker out of it because he's not an extreme value. We've been playing him for a while. We have all these new entries into the mix. Let's rank Murray. Let's rank P. Ryan. Let's rank Wilson in terms of viability. I, I would say Rashad White, but it looks like uh, uh, Fournette's probably going to end up playing for Tampa Bay this week. Really? I thought they were saying that, you know, he needs to be at 100, 100%. We'll see. If, if Lonnie's out, then yes, I do want Rashad White in there. But if we're yeah. not talking about him right now, I do think that uh, Jeff Wilson, like even if Raheem Mostert was playing this week, I think we'd be locking him into the picture. So give me Jeff Wilson for sure. I feel like Latavius Murray is the trap play. We do not have confirmed evidence. He is going to be taking over the backfield. I know Melvin Gordon and Chase Edmonds are out, so it sure seems that way. But my goodness, we're still looking at a guy 
not expected to catch many passes and hoping to get, make the most out of 12 to 15 carries for the league's single worst scoring offense. So Latavius Murray, look, he's going to be 33 in freaking December or January. I think we view him as this like grinder. He can make extra yards after contact. Literally the league's single worst running back in yards after contact per carry. So I want nothing to do with that Broncos offense. It seems like a trap to me. So from that standpoint, man, Rashad White, if he's going to be there, otherwise give me Jeff Wilson and to a lesser extent, Samaj Pirine. The only thing to worry about with Pirine is that Chris Evans wasn't available last week and he is going to be playing this week. So I do think we could see slightly less success through the air for Pirine. As we saw before in the mismatch manifesto, things are looking rougher on the ground. So I am a fan of paying up for Kenneth Walker if we can get up there. Otherwise, I would rank them as Jeff Wilson, Samaj Pirine, Rashad, uh, I'm sorry, Jeff Wilson, Samaj Pirine. If he's out there, I'd even play Rashad White ahead of Pirine, I think, assuming Leonard mm -hmm. Fournette's out, Latavius Murray last. Uh, all right. And then from a tournament perspective, uh, basically paying up for anybody is going to be the differentiator, in my opinion, because everyone's going to be jamming in three or four of these, you know, five to mid six and a half tier guys. Who would be your favorite between we've got CMC, Henry, Austin Eckler at the top this week? If we got to pick one of those to be different, who, who would it be? I lean Eckler just because I still think he probably has the most fancy. Like he has the most expected PPR points for him of any running back this year. And yeah, we have Keenan back, but Everett's still banged up. No Mike Williams just seems like he probably has the best defensive matchup of the group and everything. So I agree with you. Pay up if you want to do that route. Otherwise, though, I do think there are viable options in the 5K range to differentiate away from the chalk. We have Isaiah Pacheco at 5.5K. I mean, Clyde edwards is out of the picture. It's a situation where he's a 14-point home favorite against Aaron Donald and company. It's not the greatest matchup in the world, but I just think if there wasn't so much value in the 5K range with all these guys getting hurt, we'd be a, leaned in a lot more to Isaiah Pacheco. He doesn't catch passes, which probably makes him more of a fan duel play uh, than DraftKings potentially, but still two touchdown home favorite for the number one ranked scoring offense. That dude can find the end zone a few times. Michael Carter at 5.4K. You mentioned the reception props, so another reason to be excited about that. And then Deontay Foreman at 5.5K. We were off him last week. I've talked about him when they get in these bad game scripts, how quickly it falls apart. And while I do think the Broncos defense can make life tough on them, we've seen Josh Jacobs have some good enough games against that group where if I do see a path to the Panthers finding a way to win this game, it's giving the ball to Deontay Foreman 30-plus times likely won't be getting much ownership because we have p ron antonio gibson maybe rashad white jeff wilson all those guys affordable right alongside him all right let's jump into the wide receiver position um all right so we got to if we're you have the ability to spend up on a player two because we have the mid-tier running back value so we have, what, a Tyreek Hill. We've got a Devontae Adams you can mix in. It's really hard to overlook what Adams is doing. I think Tyreek Hill, you know, his workload's pretty much unquestioned. It's just, do they need it? Is it going to be Jeff Wilson season? Yes, it's going to be Jeff Wilson season, but can Tyreek Hill also get there? Uh, you've got DeAndre Hopkins also sitting there just the tier below if you can't get up to those guys. Where have you been landing so far? I haven't I, – I sort of like this DeAndre Hopkins tier – it saves you like the extra $1,000 and it lets you spread that out. Maybe you get a little bit better of a quarterback. Maybe you get a better wide receiver three. Maybe you get a little bit better quarterback or a better defense, something like that. I've sort of find myself there if I'm spending up, not going all the way up. And then you have guys like Keenan Allen, right? Who's going to have a massive workload against Arizona. You've got a couple other guys, um, you know, in the mid tier, uh, you've got Wilson from the Jets. 
I guess we can talk about him. The projection models are loving him. How do you see him playing out with Mike White this week? Are, are you a believer? Because all the projections I'm looking at, the Roto-Grinders, the Blitz, they're all throwing Wilson in. Um, how, how do you see that working with um, Mr. White at quarterback? I saw that too. I think a lot of that could be they've assuming Corey Davis is being out, but he is supposed to come back. And it matters when we saw, now this was with Zach Wilson under center, but in this same offense, when it was all healthy groups of wide receivers from weeks four through six, like Corey Davis had more receiving yards than Garrett Wilson. So he does matter in this offense. He's going to get that starting job. And I'm just not convinced that Mike White is a good upgrade at quarterback for these wide receivers. I think what he brings to the table is that high check down rate, which is great for Michael Carter, Tyler Conklin, maybe even Ty Johnson. No, sadly, it's not good for James Robinson because he can't even crack the depth charge top two, apparently. Awesome, uh, awesome job going out and trading for him, I guess, uh, New York. <laughs> so my big thing is I agree with you, like the one to pay up. I guess I don't see a huge difference this week given the injuries in Arizona and just what we've seen Hopkins do this season between Hopkins, Adams, and Tyreek. So if you can only get up to DeAndre, I think that's fine. The three wide receivers that are a little bit cheaper that I'm really going to have to just pick two from. Juju Smith-Schuster at 5.7K. He is out of the concussion protocol. Good to go for Sunday. So Jalen Ramsey has only shadowed DeAndre Hopkins this year. I'm not expecting that to be a full-time matchup. And honestly, he's one of four cornerbacks that's given up at least five receiving touchdowns on the season already. So I don't think it's quite as much of a matchup to fear in 2022 as it has been in past years. So Juju has the same sort of, you know, everything falling his way that we had last week with Kadarius Tony, no Tony, no Miko Hardman still on IR. So with Juju, man, already someone that in his past three games before getting concussed was ripping off one wide receiver, one performance after another. And I say this as someone that was really down on the guy coming into this year, but even if he hasn't looked like the most explosive player out there throughout the season, he has emerged as Mahomes' clear-cut number one wide receiver. So in terms of just those raw targets, I think Juju, Christian Kirk at 6.5K, ever since Doug Peterson said we got to get him more involved, he's gotten him more involved in already with Trevor Lawrence as my likely cash game quarterback. I like having that stack. And then Keenan and Allen at 6.1K, just clearly working his way back up from the injury. And to see him already have, I believe it was a 78, 79% route rate. Like they had him on somewhat of a pitch count last week, but they just did a good job taking him off the field on like running plays. So would expect it to be even more back to normal this week. They don't have Mike Williams. And out of all these, you know, kind of games we're looking at where we do have the concerns about, hey, is this just going to be a huge blowout? That is, you know, alleviated a little bit here with this Chargers and Cardinals game. So right now I would say I'm leaning. If you go Juju, if you go Juju, my current roster construction, if you're going with Juju and then down just a little bit to Keenan Allen, you are able to get up to a Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill. So mm -hmm. if you want to go off of Kenneth Walker, that really gives you the opportunity. But yeah, those would be my uh, top three mid-price options to help get you up to one of the top guys, Juju, Christian Kirk, and Keenan Allen. Uh, and then in tournaments, I, I guess I'm looking at Devontae Adams. One, I think Josh Jacobs will get some ownership, and I think Adams will probably go a, a little overlooked despite him having just these monster games after monster games. So I like Devontae Adams. Uh, a couple other guys I might be interested in. Uh, let's see, who did I, who was I looking at? Oh, uh, if Kenneth Walker is going to get all the ownership, and I don't know if he's going to get all. I think it's going to be spread out, but you can get direct leverage. Pick a Seattle wide receiver, uh, especially if Geno Smith, if you're going to use him as your quarterback. Uh, I think DK looks pretty good. Lockett, both of these guys have big playabilities. That's really where all their offense is going through. Uh, pick one of those as some leverage off Walker uh, in a tournament. Those were, those were my real basic thoughts. 
Um, I will say another Panthers player that you could take a little bit of a look at. Uh, we do have actually better splits for DJ Moore with Sam Darnold on the center. So I know I've said a lot of things bad about Darnold in the course of these 50 minutes we've been talking, Britt, but still 9.8 targets and 70 receiving yards per game last season and 12 starts with Sam Darnold, like not a small sample size here. So 9.8 targets this year, it's down to 7.5, 70 receiving yards. Now it's down to 46. So it's one of those things where I get it. DJ Moore was always this volatile guy who he hope more out of but i don't think people realize just how bad things have gotten this year so dj Moore with the quarterback that we've seen do a better job of getting him the ball just 5k the matchup sucks i would not play dj Moore in cash but in tournaments that's an awfully good player in a improving situation to only have at 5k um brit what ownership are you seeing for terry mclaurin juju and Cortland sutton because those are guys that i do think especially terry who i talked about a little bit earlier against the falcons Cortland sutton probably being the only wide receiver once again that russ is going to focus his attention on i feel like they're getting left behind a little bit because people are just more willing to pay for the running backs in that price range i'd like to give you a number but it appears that chris Jamino and the ownership hamsters okay all had too much to drink on Thanksgiving. All it, has been, it hasn't been updated yet. So All good. Uh, so those would be, yeah, those would just be the other guys I'd look at in that range. Because as good as the running back range is in the 5K spot, I do think that Terry, Cortland Sutton, uh, Juju, even Josh Palmer, a lot of those guys uh, can't give you some upside. Marquise Brown, if he's going to play, man, he's going to be out there without too many other guys to throw the ball to. So that'd be another, I guess, route you could look at doing. Because with so much value at running back this week, I'm sure people are looking to pay up more so at wide receivers. So if you want to take more of the wide receiver value in the same range, now all of a sudden you can get up to these top price running backs that Britt was mentioning before. Final two notes. If you do want to save a little bit of money, you can throw some darts at these 3K Chiefs receivers, Justin Watson and Sky Moore. I'd honestly be more confident in Watson, I think, playing ahead of Sky Moore. As much as we love, you know, the rookies and love to pretend that they just have more upside because they are rookies, I do think Sky is going to mostly be back on the bench with Juju taking that more low a dot target heavy role and then also uh Traylon burks 4.2k mentioned before titans passing game finally showing some signs of life and i'm not look eli apple's the best cornerback in cincy right now so people don't really need me to go into more reasons why i think that secondary could be a tad overrated and then maybe zay jones at 4.6k all the things i said i liked about lawrence and christian kirk still applies zay jones who has been their definitive number two wide receiver all season long all right, so let's get to tight end, and I got a question for you at the top. So you can build – normally we don't spend a tight end. I know you – I think you're looking for the cheaper tight ends this week. Yeah. But you can get up to Kelsey and Andrews this week because of the running back value and some of the wide receiver value. If you had to pick between the two, Kelsey's 7,700, Andrews is 6,500. I think Andrews is still working his way up injury, but there's nobody else really to catch the football for Baltimore. Kelsey is just going absolutely bananas, and he's on the main slate for the first time in a while. Who would you choose between those two? If you know it's a it's a, what a twelve hundred dollar difference. You got a favorite there? Still probably Kelsey. I just think we're kind of seeing the tight end pricing, you know, just a factor come in here. We're like Kelsey and his numbers he's been putting up in the raw projections. I think he could argue he could be a thousand more dollars and, you know, closer to Tyreek Hill and Devonte Adams, especially when you start putting into just that overall difference that you see between Kelsey and everyone else at tight end. So I just think I, I like them both, but if I had to just go get one, I think the $1,200 are feasible enough to gain some salary with, with all that value at, at running back that I go up to and get Travis Kelsey. That said, I do 
think, again, Tyler Conklin talked about having the, the advantages of a check down quarterback like Mike White under center, just 3.1K. He is going to be my favorite lower price tight end of the week. Also, don't forget about Evan Ingram and Hayden Hurst down there as well. This definitely isn't a week where you need to be playing around too much with the middle tier section. I liked a little bit of Tyler Higby before seeing that he's questionable and with that being the 425 game, probably going to be tough to expect uh, you know, too much clarity surrounding that. So honestly, Kelsey or Andrews, otherwise I'm going down and paying right around that 3K mark. Yeah, I do like the Gerald Everett. Uh, I think against Arizona, Arizona has just been a great target for tight ends, so I don't hate that one. Sort of if you're in the no man's land between the expensive guys and the cheap guys that Ian was just talking about. Uh, all right, I think that's going to do it for the Week 12 edition. Ian, I've got a second half of the USA game. It's uh, nil-nil as the as the soccer yeah, people. Who like cares? Yeah, Texas and Baylor's second half. Come on. Oh, oh is that is I, I did do a money on Texas. That wasn't looking good for me earlier, so I've, I've pretty much given up hope on that one. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, I, I don't anyways, get this whole fascination with the World Cup, Britt. We don't care about soccer. I, so I used to I, I played time. soccer high school and for a year in college. It's like it's fun to play, but I, I guess the World Cup, there's it, the action. It's not enough action to keep me interested. I don't but really like, watch it. You, but I'll watch the US, follow, I'll watch USA. If you follow like the Premier League and stuff throughout the other, like okay, fine, I can see how you'd be interested in the World Cup. But it's more so like people that don't give a single shit about soccer. And now, what the FIFA World Cup? Like, which hey, I think based on some of the stories we've heard here recently, probably not the most upstanding, you know, upfront <laughs> yeah, uh, organization. organization. I, th this is what makes everyone into uh, this big soccer fan all of a sudden. So hey, go USA! I get all that, and uh, you know, I don't need to be bringing down the vibes. If you enjoy it, you enjoy it. But it just surprises me how people stop everything they're doing uh, for this but whatever it is what it is i have a similar take with the olympics like i don't care about oh, ice no, skating okay. or whatever yeah. for i don't care about that why olympics do we all need change. care about it olympics yeah. need a complete olympics. another organization i don't think deserves yeah. the benefit of doubt but we tend to do it so <laughs> go america i'm with you guys on that but you know because it's america i'm just gonna keep watching college football all right see you guys next week thanks for tuning in uh click the like button on youtube on the way out go check out pff ian's got that promo code what is it again ian PFF 35, 35% off PFF plus subscription. All right. That's going to do it for today. Thanks for watching, listening, everybody. For Ian, I'm Britt, and we out you.